Hello everybody, Bradley here, and welcome into Let's Dive Deep, Bridgerton, and boy howdy, guess what? Bridgerton the novel, The Duke and I, chapter 15, it is finally living up to its reputation. We got the Duke, we got the Duchess, we got Daphne, we got Simon, and are they having sex? Yes, they are. It only took 300 pages, but we're finally at the part of the book that I was promised. Uh, before we get started, there's an adult content warning. Obviously, there's lots of adult content in this book, and I cannot make a podcast that does not have some variety of adult content so please do not listen to this around children if you choose to listen to this around children uh, that is entirely your decision and i have nothing to do with it as well as for spoilers here's the deal uh, we may be talking about the netflix series bridgerton seasons one and two as it relates to comparing it to the book so i won't outright spoil anything from those seasons of tv but i have seen them and having seen them does kind of uh, change the way i feel about the book because i'm reading it after i've seen the show so if you do not want to be spoiled for the netflix adaptation of Bridgerton, either seasons one or two. Uh, just be careful. Just tread lightly in this podcast here. I just want to make sure you are well taken care of. With regard to the books, though, I'm not reading ahead of the chapter we are talking about, so I've not read up to I've not read chapter 16 or past that, so I cannot possibly spoil what happens in the book past chapter 15. However, anything that happened before this is obviously on the table. Before we get started, I would like to read a review that was left on this podcast. I've recently discovered a website that lets me read all these reviews and kind of aggregates them, which is one wonderful. This one is entitled uh, Best Bridgerton Podcast with five stars. I have listened to multiple Bridgerton podcasts from people that are probably far more informed since they've read all the books already, and let me tell you that none of them are as good as this one. I'm someone who has read all the books, watched the seasons, and so I really didn't think this would live up to what I wanted it to be, but it absolutely did. I'm still just on the first season analysis of the podcast, but let me tell you when I saw that he has done season two and is currently doing the first book, I got so excited, literally set to go with a go-to podcast podcast for a while now. Uh, that was left by AZK Bill via Apple Podcasts in the United States of America on January 24th this year. So it's been a while since that review was left, but I hope the podcast is still living up to those expectations. If you would be so kind as to go and leave a review on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you can, that would be awesome. It helps get this podcast out to more people. This is also a reminder, if you uh, like giving me money for no reason, not for no reason, it's like tipping, I don't know. Anyways, there's a Patreon. You can check it out if you have a few bucks lying around and you want early access to the podcast, one day I'll make the Patreon slightly cooler than it is. Uh, but for now, there's early access to the podcast there. So if you want to be a little bit ahead of everyone else and you want to leave a little tip for old Bradley here, that option is available. If not, don't worry. You are not missing a ton of stuff over there. I don't want to put all the cool stuff behind a paywall because at the end of the day, I'm an idiot talking about Bridgerton. So hey, but that's there if you would like to uh, take a peek at it. Otherwise, though, I think it's time we hop into chapter 15 because this chapter rocks. Folks, if you've made it to chapter 15, you know exactly how I feel about this book, so I don't need to go over it. Unsurprisingly, the chapter in which the two main characters are finally having sex in this book um, is 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 a fun chapter for me. I enjoyed it very much. Chapter 15, delightful as always. Um, not only does it live up to the hype as a Bridgerton book, like I was genuinely surprised it took 300 pages for us to get to the, the kind of smuttiness of it all. Um, the writing was <laughs> like... I don't know how to describe the writing other than absolutely perfect. Is it good? I have no idea. I don't read these types of books often. Is this what the people wanted? I have no idea. However, as I was reading it, I 
I enjoyed the relationship between Daphne and Simon. I, I got all of the funny lines I got to just laugh out loud at. And I I don't know if it's poorly written, written or awkwardly written or if this is a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. I can't tell, but boy, oh boy, did I have a good time. And I can't go over every hilarious line here, but I have a, I have a couple for you. Um, there's just like these random passages like this. He was large and hard and exquisitely muscled. There was no way she could escape his seductive onslaught, even if she'd wanted to. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening here? And then on the next page, um, there's a whole scene here, which is part really cute and part really funny, where um, Daphne is lying naked on the bed. And, you know, Simon is taking some time to take his clothes off or whatever he's doing. He's taking a minute. He's taking a little break. And so he's having a second. And then Daphne starts to, you know how you do when you're lying naked in bed. It's a little bit vulnerable. And Daphne's never done this before. So she starts pulling a blanket over herself. And then Simon, like, turns around and goes, no, Daphne, I'll be your blanket. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Does that even make sense? Is that romantic? Is that what the people wanted? But yeah, this is just absolutely delightful. I didn't realize at the beginning of this chapter we were just going to get dropped right into it. That's probably because it's been a few months since I've read this book. I'm back on track now. I should be able to keep this going reliably consistently now. However, man, you just got dropped right in it and they're just like on the bed and they're going at it. And I, I forgot that there was a cliffhanger at the end of the last chapter. So I was a little thrown off just jumping right back in at this chapter but um there is aside from the writing and how funny and smutty and whatever it is there's a lot of good character stuff happening here um there's a lot of flirting between daphne and simon which you obviously want and need in this kind of book so that was super fun we learn importantly that simon is a man who wants to kind of take care of Daphne. He's aware it's her first time. He wants it to be about her. Uh, someone has told him uh, how to give a woman an orgasm or he's figured it out on his own, but he's doing more than most men in this hypothetical situation are doing. And so um, he is concerned about Daphne's pleasure, which is refreshing. It's refreshing to read a book in which the, I guess this is how these books normally go. I haven't read too many of them, but I'm sure the super hot, desirable person that the reader is meant to be attracted to would obviously be the kind of person to take care of the women or else why would the people read the book? Anyways, um, Simon is doing his job. There's a couple of moments that are super funny where he's getting ahead of himself, where he like, he just wants to fuck so bad. Like he's so horned up. He's so revved up. He's so ready to go. And he has to stop himself. I think there's even a moment where he says out loud to Daphne, like, whoa, hold up. I'm getting ahead. It's like, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's some work we need to do first. And then he goes in for the foreplay. So look, I appreciated the characterization of Simon in this chapter as someone who, at least for this time, for this moment, is going to take care of Daphne's pleasure and happiness uh, as best as he can above his own, even though he's going to try and enjoy it as well. This part of the chapter also does a really good job of kind of grounding us in the fact that Simon is is experienced in this. Like he's he's like the super romantic heartthrob in the sense that he's good at it as well, which is endearing to the reader, I'm sure. Um, but he's the one in the situation with the experience and Daphne is the one without the experience, but who's playing along happily, you know what I mean? And this is, there's no better moment in this chapter that shows this. Um, and this is the part I enjoyed. Like, I don't know if I, I, like, I'm happy that they're, they're going at it. And later when we find out they've just been going at it for a week, I fucking laughed out loud so hard. Um, but one of the things I enjoyed was just the actual mechanics of this. He, he does this whole like faint where he's trying to take her clothes off. 
and you know he's trying to figure it out and he's saying things out loud like it's hard to take your clothes off when you're lying down and he's like holding her there and he's like talking like do i move it up do i move it down but it's like all nonsense because he just knows exactly what to do and it's like the 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 victorian was this the victorian era i can't remember which era this is whichever era this is it's like their version of just like the one hand or the one finger like snapping the bra off trick where it's just kind of like and all of a sudden simon knew what to do and he pulled it up and down and all the clothes were gone and you're like ah this is a man <laughs> this is a man who's not arriving in this experience for the first time here so that was super endearing um there's a lot of actual flirting between the characters which is fun a lot of like you said this to me it's like oh i shouldn't have said that i'm sorry he's like it's okay i guess i'll have to prove my abilities and so there's a lot of good character work a lot of good um a lot of fun moments that that really you know this is happy this is joyful they're having fun you know who wouldn't want a fun you know it's like a honeymoon to them and yeah, out of all the people in this world having sex they're the ones having the happiest sex no one else is everyone else is having terrible awful sex and they're having a good time and so um this is just a a, a delight to read i think we get a few moments as well that because it's a book it's not creepy and because everyone's hot there's a whole subsection of pop culture here tv shows movies books where the more attractive you are as a person the less creepy the things you do are this is something that happens in real life too um the more attractive of a person you are the more social leeway you are gonna have um to walk up and to flirt with people and to and to do these types of things whereas the more kind of, I, I suppose, stereotypically unattractive you are, the more those actions come off as creepy or weird. And it's not a fair thing, but it is the thing that happens in real life right now, where if you watch two equivalent videos and you have like a stereotypically attractive prince like going around and flirting with people, you go, oh, that's so charming, that's so fun, it's so flirty, it's so exciting, you know what I mean? He's making his moves, he's going out there. If you have someone who's more kind of stereotypically unattractive, you go, that's creepy, that's weird, why doesn't he just leave them alone? And so uh, in the real world and in and in the books here, the the characters being attractive allows a certain kind of subsection of things to be attractive and interesting instead of creepy. Uh, the number one example of this, and here, let me see if I can find the passage in the book, is when Simon is talking about how he used to think of doing all these things that he is now doing uh, to Daphne. I could do nothing, he continued, edging one strap of her chemise off her shoulder, except imagine. You thought about me, Daphne whispered, her body thrilling at the notion. You thought about this? His hand at her hip grew tight. Every night, every moment before I fell asleep, until my skin burned and my body begged for release. What the fuck is happening? Can we pause for a second? What the fuck is going on here? All right, if Simon is not an attractive duke, this is weird as hell. So I just wanted to point this out that separate from how fun this book is and how fun these things are, um, we always have work to do as a society on what is and isn't like culturally acceptable. And I always find this super interesting that these types of things, when the attractive people do them, are they come across as like flirty and fun. And in, in this chapter, Daphne's all for it. Where if someone like Lord Burbrook was doing this, you know what I mean? Then it's all of a sudden weird and creepy and whatever. And part of it too is how much is how much you're attracted to the person, right? Like if you are being flirted at or talked about in this way and you are attracted to the person doing it, it's all of a sudden... Um, 
okay, it's acceptable. Whereas if you're not attracted to that person, then it's not acceptable. And so there's this interesting thing where it's not even the action itself and whether it's acceptable and weird and creepy or attractive and flirty, um, but it's how you interpret it and how what your relationship is to the person doing it. And so these are all types of things that I just, you know, Bridgerton as a novel is not trying to explore these things, but just these are the things that I find fun to pull out of it. Part of the exercise of doing these books is analyzing them as a Bridgerton novel, which is his own kind of stereotype of novel, but also analyzing them as like a, a piece of fiction that's popular in our culture right now and how the things in the book can relate to phenomenons that are happening in real life. Um, and this is one of those things where I was like, I think in a different situation, if a different person is saying this, it comes across as creepier word. And I think there's a different version of this book where Daphne gets married to Simon. And despite the fact that he's super attractive and wealthy and he's a Duke, um, her finding out that he's been thinking about this and dreaming about her or whatever um, is comes across as like creepy instead of, you know, exciting. And so I just thought that was a really fun little moment there to pick apart. There is also these fun characterizations of Simon when he's dealing with Daphne. He's kind and he's gentle and he's patient. And like the taking off the clothes trick was pretty fun. But when it comes to his own, he's like rough and ragged and um, just impulsive. And like there's these sentences about him. He's like, he's trying to tear his clothes off while he gently took off Daphne's. And I thought, you know what? That's like, <laughs> that's just a very fun image of Simon. Like you picture this scene happening um you know i'm one i don't know i didn't realize this was a thing i'm one of those people who can like picture things in my head like full clear images i have now learned that not everyone can do that um and people have different ways of picturing those things but so i can play this scene kind of like it's a movie in my head and like you imagine he like turns around and the camera pans with me he's like fuck this shirt and fuck these pants and he's tripping over he's like pulling them down to his ankles and he's trying to get them off quickly and he's tripping over it all and that little bit of characterization was really funny to me we get the obligatory update from Daphne that having someone inside of her feels odd, but was not overly painful, which means Simon has done a good job in this book universe of making her first time uh, pleasurable and pleasant and just not overly terrible. So you know what? Good job, Simon. And thank you, Daphne, for the mandatory. In all these kind of books, there's like the update, like the, the, the virgin who's never had sex before, the first time, the act of like... Uh, the act of uh, penis in vagina happens. You need the update. You need to pause. You need to ask, is this painful? It's in all the TV shows and all the books and all the movies. And um, Bridgerton is no exception. You'd be surprised to know that this chapter has quite a bit more than just the newlywed, attractive, hot people having lots of sex. Um, we skip to Cliveden, which is the castle that we are going to. And a lot of interesting stuff happens here. This is where Simon grew up and this is his home. And we learn it was the only place where they could go that was already ready for them to live in. And we learn at the beginning unsurprisingly, of course, that they have done nothing but fuck for an entire week. And I have some questions about, like, how much of this is actual sex? What's the refractory period like? Um, how 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 is this going? Like, are they just, like, taking a honeymoon and they're, like, they're actually just hanging out and reading books and stuff? I don't know. I have some questions about how this is working. Uh, we also learn in this chapter that uh, Simon's doing the pullout method, the old, reliable, you know, perfect, never-once-failed pullout method. Um, to not have children with Daphne. And we we know, based on the show at least, that this is going to cause a lot of problems because Daphne's under the impression that there's a mechanical issue with him not being able to have children. When really, it's just a psychological one. So we're going to have to figure out if, in the, if the book makes as big of a deal of it. Um, but just from the show, I noted that down as something important for us to keep track of. 
at Clived and Simon and Daphne are kind of walking around and talking and chatting as newlyweds do. And she's trying to ascertain some information about his childhood. And she is, um, I don't get the sense that she's fully unaware, but that she's not quite understanding how much Simon doesn't want to talk about this. But she's just asking about his childhood and saying things like, oh, this must have been such a fun place to grow up. I know it sounds like you had a really loving family. And of course, we know that this was not the case for Simon. And so he is, he's very defensive and he doesn't want to talk about this and he doesn't want to share this with Daphne, which is an interesting dynamic for a new, um, a new couple, like a new, a new set of people who are now married, who I guess are going to spend the rest of their life together, that he doesn't want to open up to her just yet about this part of his childhood. Never fear, though, because Daphne is going to go find Mrs. Coulson. And this is my favorite part of this chapter. As many jokes and funny things as I'll say about all the sex that's happening. And I'm sure I'll have lots to say about the sex that's going to happen as well. Um, this little bit with Daphne and Miss Coulson, not only did I love it in this chapter, it's just so different from the in the show in like a good way. In the show, Daphne shows up and she needs to be the Duchess of Cliveden here. And, uh, and she needs to uh, kind of work with Miss Coulson and she's trying to change the wallpaper. Like she's, we're going to move this there. We're going to do this this way. And Mrs. Coulson, someone who's very protective of this place and who has done this job for a long time is skeptical of Daphne. And like, Oh, I don't want to do it your way. I'm doing it my way. And so Miss Coulson has a more, a slightly more antagonistic relationship with Daphne in the show. But in this, it's really kind and it's really sweet. And Miss Coulson seems genuinely charmed that Daphne is seeking her out and wanting to chat with her and wants to chat in the room that Miss Coulson is upkept, um, not because she had to, but because she thought it was the best use of the budget she was given to upkeep the room that belonged to Simon's mother, because Miss Coulson and Simon's mother had a wonderful relationship. So this like little bit of character building for Miss Coulson was wonderful and genuinely delightful and had so much more dimension to her character. And the idea that her and um, Mrs. Bassett had this great relationship and she chose out of all the things in this uh, castle or this estate to keep to upkeep the the thing she chose to upkeep the most was this room and, and Daphne acknowledges it as a nice room the sun's coming in the right way you know it's a great place to have a chat I just thought this was wonderful during this chat, Daphne is learning a lot about Simon. Miss Coulson is opening up and she is getting the information about Simon that she wants that Simon does not uh, want to give her does not trust or does not feel comfortable giving her uh, yet we learn that simon had a a speaking issue that he worked night and day forever and ever and ever he's very stubborn about it he was gonna fix it but it took every day with a teeter a teeter a teacher or a tutor i was trying to merge those words together for some reason um it took him years and years and years um for for this to get figured out and we learn from mrs colson that simon's dad who we already know is an asshole Things thought of him as a disappointment. And even after Simon was able to, to speak, he never really came around on Simon. And that's really tragic, but it's also tragic for Daphne to hear. because She's like, how on earth could you possibly think Simon's not smart? He doesn't have any speaking problems. She even does a little stutter in the way she's speaking to be like, see, even I stutter as well. And so Daphne getting this realization about uh, at least part of Simon's relationship with his family is such an interesting thing for her to learn. It's interesting for her to learn it from Miss Cole. And it's interesting to see how her and Simon are going to talk about this going forward. Daphne also gets a little bit of a download on the situation kind of more surrounding Simon's birth, where Simon's mother died in childbirth. And that, that's something I believe Simon tells her. Um, but she learns, too, that one of the reasons the Duke um, didn't like Simon and, and didn't want um, or never really came around was because to him, the Bassett name was like synonymous with perfection and, and Simon wasn't. Um, perfect, but as well as he had fought so hard 
for this male heir that the the initial disappointment you could just never um come back from and never return from which is tragic and terrible and this guy's an asshole but it, it still doesn't change that it's interesting to get a little more depth into that decision you have to imagine too that um we learned that him and his wife were kind of married not for love like most people but had a had a reasonable working relationship here and that and that they tried their best to produce an heir, and that the Mrs. Bassett really took that duty seriously. We learned that she would cry with Miss Coulson every month when, when her courses came, um, because it meant she wasn't going to be able to provide an heir. And so it's all just, it's, it doesn't change how tragic and stupid and terrible the whole thing is, um, and how kind of awful this world is for the women in it. But what it does do is give us extra context and characterization for um, these characters for how Daphne is going to feel about it for how Simon does feel about it and for how these two now that they have this information and they're like this was a bridge that needs to be built between them but Simon didn't build the bridge Miss Colson kind of built the bridge and how is that going to play into their relationship moving forward it is really interesting to think about so I'm really excited for chapter 16 I don't think I have much more to talk about when you take pages and pages and pages and it's just sex like I don't know how to t podcast about that for a long time whereas this Miss Colson stuff I could probably talk about forever but we'll leave it here uh, a shorter episode than usual today but we read chapter 15 of Bridgerton and we enjoyed it uh, next up will be chapter 16 of the Duke and I if you enjoyed this I implore you to go to the show notes below and check out all the cool things there if you want to check out the patreon for early access that would be awesome as well um, and I think that's it for this I'm really trying to think if there's anything else about this chapter I really want to talk about but let me know what you thought about chapter 15 in the comments below that'll be it for this time thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next one